0: We have several scripture readings this morning. Uh, they will come uh, throughout the service, but I am going to read them, uh, or throughout the sermon. But I am going to read them up front. Uh, we have Acts two, verse forty-five. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their foods with glad and generous hearts praising God and having the goodwill of all people. And day by day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. And from Ecclesiastes 4, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up the other. But woe to the one who is alone and falls and does not have another to help. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though one might prevail against the other, two will withstand one. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. In Ephesians from the fourth chapter, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Word of God to the people of God. Again, good morning church. Just need to check to see if you're out there. Y'all have gotten quiet on me here lately. But we want to thank everybody for being here. What a wonderful service we had last week with the Music City Boys who who brought our worship service and and we worshiped together in song. Uh, We want to thank everybody for choosing to worship with us this morning. Whether you're in person, online, here in the house, thank you for being here. Uh, If you're online, comment uh, and and send us praise uh, or, or prayer requests so that we can pray this week. And remember, if you're in the house, you can shout out just where you are. We thank everybody for being a part of Good Shepherd family. And, and if you're here today, you are family because at Good Shepherd, everyone is family. We want to, uh, For those of you who may not know, I'm Pastor Regina, and I look forward to, to spending some time with you this morning. You're in for a real treat. I don't know, you probably didn't realize that when you got here, but you're in for a real treat. You're about to learn some valuable information this morning that many of you can't wait to share with your friends. You're about to learn some essential information and you will wonder why you've never been told about it before. Today, my friends, when you leave worship, you're going to know everything you need to know to begin your pickleball experience. At this point, most of you are probably wondering what pickleball has to do with our faith journey and making disciples. A few weeks ago, we were supposed to have this this sermon, and and that's when I was sick, and so everybody said, when are you going to do the pickleball sermon? When are you going to do the pickleball sermon? I didn't know about the pickleball sermon, but I I didn't want to at this point. So you're going to learn everything you need to know about pickleball. Some of you might even be wondering what pickleball really is. There, there might even be a few of you, just a few now, who, who think your pastor has finally lost it. Wherever you are in your thinking, I ask you to bear with me for a few minutes and allow me to make my case for pickleball and faith community building and what they actually have in common. Now to make my case, we need to go back to my previous profession and, and touch base with my initial introduction to pickleball. It would have been in my senior year of college when, when I was doing my student, student teaching and I had the opportunity to, to go to and attend my first national physical education conference. Uh, my supervising teacher always went to this conference and she thought it would be a good experience for me to go along with her was held in Atlanta, Georgia, the the winter of 1985. And as I drove back, I had my first learn-by experience driving in the snow. Uh, but that's another story for another time. At this convention, most of the professional education, as in most professional education conventions or any other uh, conventions that you go to, the breakout sessions content, uh, consisted of, of folks who were selling their wares uh, for the latest and greatest educational opportunities for students, Hoping teachers would, would part with a with a little bit of cash in their pockets or or maybe some of their budget money for the latest and greatest item. And at this convention, the break there was a breakout session on pickleball. It, its needed equipment, all of its rules, and how to best teach the skills of pickleball in the educational setting. Now being in Cobb County, Georgia, which at the time was boasted a premier educational system and a wonderful physical education models. Pickleball was all the rage. It was also expensive to outfit an entire classroom with the, the necessary equipment, especially if your physical education classes at the time were three sizes, it's three times the size of a regular classroom. So, needless to say, I didn't take uh, a part in this uh, breakout session. When we fast forward a few years so while still attending these local and, and national conventions, pickleball was still being showcased. Physical education sizes were, were back to the size of a regular classroom, and the student-teacher ratios were were affordable to be able to outfit your classes. But it was still cost-prohibitive for my setting, and, and those of us who took advantage of that pickleball session only dreamed of having such equipment and even rolled our eyes a little bit at those who could afford it And as they talked about the wonders of pickleball. Now, as a veteran PE teacher on down the line, uh, I was in a setting which we could probably have afforded the equipment, but we were on to the next and greatest physical education wonder as pickleball began to fade. But I didn't hear much about pickleball in seminary or for the last 15 years of ministry until recently. A few years ago, I began to hear about pickleball tournaments cropping up in community recreation centers and and I had to chuckle a bit at this newfound phenomenon. A few years ago, I ran across a Facebook uh, article about the rising popularity of pickleball and I thought, (laughs) all these aging elementary students uh, have resurrected their childhood favorite once again like they have kickball and dodgeball and they've made it the ongoing thing in the recreation world. Then I began to think a little deeper about why these childhood games have become so popular again for the more mature crowd. And I discovered that it all comes down to being a part of a community around a common passion that brings joy into the lives of the participants. Common ground with a common passion that brings joy into your lives. That, my friends, is is how pickleball connects to the Christian faith. Christianity should bring us into community around a common passion for living as Christ's followers and and this way of life should bring us joy as we share this life in community with others. Now here are the basics about the sport of pickleball. Yes, it's actually a sport now. It combines the elements of tennis and badminton and ping pong. It's played with a paddle and a plastic ball that looks much like a a wiffle ball, or basically it is a wiffle ball, it's just a different color. And it can be played as doubles or singles. There are about 15,000 indoor and outdoor courts in the United States. The Pickleball Association, and yes, there's a Pickleball National Association now, with at least one court in all of the 50 states. Pickleball is a sport for all ages. It's taught in physical education classes across the country. It's becoming more popular in retirement communities. It's become more competitive over the years, but it is still considered a popular sport because of its social aspects. Pickleball is finally catching on in the South. You know, sometimes we're a little bit slow to catch on to things. But it originated in Seattle, Washington in 1965. It was where three dads with bored kids created this game of handmade equipment called from whatever they had available at the time. And legend has it that Pickleball was named after the family dog Pickles. But it actually originated because of a combination of different sports... And it reminded me of this. This uh, the name came because it reminded the wife of of one of the uh, creators about those pickleball, or those pickle crews that are called from all of the leftover oarsmen to make another oar team. But so, to tell you the truth, the name of pickleball probably came somewhere in the middle of those two stories, like most legends. But Christianity, it became a group of leftover, rejected people of an oppressive religion, who created community around a dynamic teacher. This teacher was from a small town, born under questionable circumstances in an unlikely place, who was in reality the Son of God. How Christianity got its name and, and how we've now become known as Christians is not known except our name describes us as followers of the Messiah or followers of the Christ. We know we were we were folks uh, our, our folks were first called Christians as Barnabas brought Paul brought to Paul the folks of fo- folks in Antioch. And it was in Antioch where these groups of disciples were being taught and they were first called Christians. Our origins left over as as they are ha- is another common ground that we share with pickleball. Pickleball and Christianity. Have a lot of qualities in common, and these shared qualities explain why we have been or, sh- or why while, while sh- people should be and have been attracted to Christianity. First, pickleball and Christianity are, are meant to be experienced in community. Creating community is probably the most essential characteristic both pickleball and Christianity have. It's nearly impossible to play pickleball alone. There must be at least two players, and and in order to have a game. Otherwise, you know, you can hit the ball up against a wall, and it can come back to you. But sooner or later, that gets boring, and the game loses its charm. And we, but we can make an argument that Christianity can be practiced in isolation. But then there's no challenge, no one there to to challenge our thoughts and our understanding. There's no one to support us in prayer or study and and being a Christian soon loses that one thing that sets it apart from other experiences in life. The ability to share community and, and the command to go and share others is the gospel message. The wisdom found in our scripture reading from Ecclesiastes this morning reminds us that people are better together and life lived in community is safer. It is in community that followers of Christ become bound together, and our faith becomes stronger. In both Christianity and pickleball, participants find encouragement. Pickleball, while having various skills and competition level, is designed so that participants have maximum success. Unlike tennis or ping pong, the ball may bounce twice on a serve before its return. There are certain areas, and that's even a requirement of the game, it's got to bounce twice, and it can bounce twice on either, either time so that folks can be successful. There are certain areas of the court where the ball must bounce and it cannot be returned unless it does bounce. Team members encourage each other and they make to make those successful shots. Individuals become a part of a group where, where they're encouraged to participate at their ability level and they become active participants in organized groups and tournaments. Christians encourage each other as we experience each other at our different stages in our faith journey. Think about the Bible character Barnabas, who was a friend who pursued Paul, the teacher, who trained Timothy, the student. So I ask us this morning, who is it that encouraged you to pursue your faith? Who have you encouraged to explore their faith? Now, it's probably easier for us to think of, of, of ways that we have encouraged others to, to become a part of a team or, or to join a work, the workforce or to work for a particular company. Why is it so difficult for us to encourage others to pursue the Christian faith? We can take a lesson from pickleball, and we can encourage others to participate at their skill level. Encourage them to grow and to offer ways to become active participants in their faith. Pickleball is fun. So is being a part of a Christian faith community. Christianity is fun. It's fun to be a Christian. Now too often we get so caught up in the rules and regulations and our doctrines and our practices, our challenges and our issues of Christianity that we forget we forget God calls us into community to be in relationship with each other and to enjoy each other's company. Too often we concentrate on our differences and we forget about what we have in common. Being a part of faith a faith community should should not be forced or boring. Psalm one hundred thirty three one says how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. If we enjoy the aspects of our Christian faith, create meaningful and connecting experiences of our faith, then faith becomes fun and not just a practice that we check off our list list of life skills. Being in community, particularly as Christian, attracts the Holy Spirit and the, the power that comes into our lives through the Holy Spirit. Matthew ten twenty reminds us that where two or three are gathered in Christ's name, Christ is present with us. Now most importantly, being a community fosters love, and this love is life-giving. If you think about the last verse of 1 Corinthians 13, and these three remain, faith, hope, and love, a community in and of itself, but the greatest of these is love. Love is that binding agent that makes community work. As we grow and work together as a faith community, we come to love those with whom we work. We may not always agree and we, we have differ, differ, differing perspectives, but Christ's love and the love that we have for each other can surmount any of our differences. It's because of this love that, that we can continue to work together as our Ephesian scripture this morning instructs us with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love. It is this love that enables us to, to maintain the unity of the Spirit. Now, unity doesn't mean that we always have to agree. There's differences in unity and uniformity. There's sometimes all we, ha- we, all we have to do is to agree to disagree and to move forward. Living a community is not easy. It takes work. It takes commitment. But community is God's desire for us and a sign of a mature faith. As we grow in relationship with others, we grow in relationship with God. We can take our, instru- our instruction on how to best live in community from our Acts scripture and the first Christian communities. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds for all as they had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all people. And day to day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. The world needs a positive sense of community now more than ever. In the light of our tragic events of our annual conference several weeks ago as we lost one of our district superintendents and almost daily across the country we are reminded of the frailty of life and how quickly life can change just like with our bishop's accident this week what better place than as a community of faith can we support each other comfort those who are touched by tragedy and provide a sense of hope to those who feel hopeless that community that support That connection, that comfort, that hope is found in Jesus Christ. We are called into community to become a community to others. While the history of pickleball may be an example of how community forms over time and how community community characteristics change over the years, the foundation of the pickleball community has lasted because of some of the foundational things of focus Passion and joy that it brings into the lives of those who play. Pickleball in the end is just a game but the Christian community of faith is life changing. Community or connection to use a Wesleyan term is what makes the United Methodist Church unique. It is because of this connection that, that we as a United Methodist Church come together to love, to love on, to pray with and to comfort each other. It's because of this connection that we can provide supplies to people um, who are facing natural disasters near and far. It's because of this connection that, that, that our bishop has received prayers from all over the world this week. It's because of this connection that the United Methodist Church will remain strong whatever happens in the future. As we move into a new school year and a new Christian education cycle that we started last week and and a new beginning that is Good Shepherd United Methodist Church, may we remember that we are called to be in relationship with those we encounter. We are called to, to share Christ's love with everyone we meet. May we always have the passion for our faith. Stay focused on Christ and celebrate the joy that that comes from being a part of a Christian community. May our hearts stay so connected to each other, to Christ, and to the desire to be the best that we can be as we lead others into relationship with Christ, that community is created for everyone. May we be reminded that everyday things can connect us to our faith, so as not to overcomplicate God's love for God's people. Sometimes we let it get too complicated, but it's all about loving God and loving our community. Amen. At this time, let's let Eileen and and Mike come forward. They are... uh, They've been with us for a while now, and they seem to, uh, uh, we just think they're, they're family. Everybody's a part of us. Uh, when you walk in the door, you become family. But Mike and Eileen come to us this morning to transfer their membership from um, White House United Methodist Church to Good Shepherd United Methodist Church, and we ask you one question. Will you be faithful to this congregation of the United Methodist Church and support it with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? Welcome officially to the family. You. So you all can follow me out when I, when I walk out and folks can say hello to you officially. Right. <laughs> Thank you.
1: have for each other. Let's stand and sing that we may have Oh, when Chases me down, fights in life, from leaves and I deny. I couldn't have it, I don't deserve, to deserve, deserve it. it to give in yourself away. All this love of love, the never-ending,
0: reckless love of God. 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 As you go from this place, go bathing in that reckless love of God that we have to share with others in the community of faith. Amen.